You're listening to Take Time to Believe, episode number 17, Seeing Beyond the Mark. Hello, everybody. It is great to be with you again this week, and I have something a little bit different for you. But before I share what that is, something that I have noticed within myself recently is I mean, first of all, I've known that I've had a very critical and judgmental um, mindset. I I feel like I was, it's a learned behavior within me to constantly feel like somebody's watching me or judging me or criticizing me. So I try to live into those expectations of those judgments and criticism, even though I know a lot of it is in my head. However, I have noticed how much I don't like social media lately and It's not because I don't like posting things or sharing things or being creative on there. I don't like the like button. I don't like like that little hearted button or the thumbs up button where people can give their stamp of approval of whether or not they approve of what you've posted. I it just does not serve me. It does not help me. And I'm so grateful for this realization within myself because I think I'm going to go and see if I can do something about that, like maybe remove. I think that's a setting option. Anyway, I'm sharing this with you because a lot of us, I feel like fall into this space where with, especially with social media, we do put stuff out there about ourselves. And in return, we get the either like or the dislike about other people's opinions of us. And sometimes this can impact the way that we see ourselves. I know that it has for me and I know that it has for a lot of people. There's a lot of comparison and judgment going on. And so I want to talk with you about this in this episode. It actually reminded me of a book that I'm actually going to share with you um, in this episode. But before we get started on that, I wanted to continue on. So maybe this is sort of a sequel from last week from the episode of the story you tell moving into what you see, because it's important to recognize that when you believe something for so long, or if you've had experiences in your life that you have used to define you or the way that you see yourself. So for example, if you've grown up and decided that you weren't lovable and you have a lot of past experiences where you can prove like, no, see, I was treated this way or this is what they did. And that's what I made it mean. Um, you would, your brain is really good at collecting evidence for every thought that you have. And when it's collected enough evidence, suddenly that becomes what you see in your life. So it's sort of like putting on the lens of not lovable or unlovable and putting them over your eyes. And then all of a sudden you're seeing your world as if that's all that you can see about you and even about other people, because when you're judging yourself in this way, and that's all you can see about you, It doesn't always feel good to consistently blame yourself for being at fault, um, for being unlovable. And so you want to look outside you and compare yourself like, well, I'm, I'm at least more lovable than that person. And then you start judging them, but we're judging them in the same way that we judge ourselves. And when we show up from this place, from what we are seeing and calling it truth, we are disconnected from our ability to connect with our true selves, our inherent selves. And when I say our inherent selves, as I've talked on previous previous podcasts before, is that spirit within you that was created by heavenly parents before you came to this earth. And 
I want to offer to you in this podcast episode that what you see all around you isn't necessarily truth. I mean, obviously, as I'm sitting here looking out the window of my office, I can see trees blowing in the wind. And yes, if somebody else was here, they would be able to see that as well. Um, but what I mean by that is we give a meaning to everything that we see. And that's going to look like I might see it and think, oh, it's chilly. Or somebody else might look at it and think, wow, look at the beautiful leaves. It's so beautiful. Look at this view. We all come with our own perception um, based on what we're focused on, or maybe even what we're practiced into looking for. If we're practiced into looking for the negative, then that's what we're going to find. Um, if we're practiced into looking for what's working against us, sort of that victim mentality from a couple episodes ago, then that's what we're going to see. We always see what we are choosing to already believe. Um, this is why positive thinking doesn't always work. You can't just tell yourself to think positively, positively about something because you don't believe it. It works for a little bit and you can try it on for a little bit, but you don't believe it yet. And it's easier to come into a space of gratitude for something or compassion first for something than just automatically telling yourself, I should just think positively about this and then I'll feel better about it because that's not exactly the way it works. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that to your perspective. So try to get awareness of what am I seeing in my life right now? What am I seeing about myself? What am I seeing about the people in my life, my current circumstance? And even like, am I, do I keep reliving my past life? What am I seeing about that? Because it's very telling about what you're believing about yourself. And I'm hoping that what I'm going to share with you today can offer you new insight and new perspective of what else is, what else could be true and what else is possible for you and helping you to maybe kindle that or access that inner spirit within you as I read this book. I'm sure some of you have already read this book or heard this book, and I hope so. I hope the whole world will just read this book. Um, it is written by Max Lucado, and it's titled You Are Special. He has a sequel to it that I also equally love um, called You Are Mine. But today, I just thought it would be really fun to read this book to you of You Are Special, maybe helping you to rekindle that inner spirit within you and recognizing I have another way or a perspective that I can view my life. I can try on a new lens in how I'm seeing myself, how I'm seeing other people, the circumstances, and the world around me. Okay, so without further ado, here we go. It's story time. The Wemmicks were small wooden people. All the wooden people were carved by a woodcarver named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses. Others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats, but all were made by the same carver and all lived in a village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of golden star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets all over the city, people spent their day sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still, others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others though could do little and they got dots. Puccinello was one of these. He tried, 
He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid that he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Puccinelle believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had lots of dots. He felt better around them. One day he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots. So they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want it to be, thought Puccinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless woman how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill, he's there. And with that, the woman who had no stickers turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Puccinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Puccinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the wood bench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Puccinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here. And he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Puccinello. The voice was deep and strong. Puccinello stopped. Puccinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Puccinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what other women think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're women just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Puccinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think you're pretty special. Puccinello laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Puccinello. He put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and spoke very slowly. Because you are mine. That's why you matter to me. Puccinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day, I've been hoping you come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no mark, said Puccinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about those stickers. I'm not sure I understand. 
Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Puccinella off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Puccinella didn't stop, but his heart, but in his heart, he thought, I think he really means it. And then when he did, a dot fell on the ground. I love this book. I think it's a beautiful reminder that we are so much more than what we experience in this life. We're so much more than what other people say we are, how other people label us or define us as, because we come from so much more than what this world can even offer. And anytime that you find yourself feeling stuck in believing those marks, believing the opinions of others, believing this negative dialogue or story about your life and yourself and the experiences that we've had. I invite you to practice these techniques that I teach and I also use for myself that helps me come back to that realignment with who I truly am. And I'm going to share some of those techniques with you. One of them is um, the five sense awareness technique. I believe that I've shared this before, but the reason why this one is so beneficial is because whenever your mind is spinning out in this negativity, this negative place, and you're feeling really small or you're feeling mislabeled or misjudged or misunderstood, it's really easy for your brain to get stuck there and to come up with all the reasons why you should be there um, because you have collected evidence from your past that has for a long time stuck with you. So sort of like those, those dots where you've either allowed your experiences to label you, or you've labeled yourself, or maybe even other people in your life that you trusted have labeled you a certain way. And when you are able to stay connected with your five senses, or at least use your five senses to come back to connection with yourself, that sort of brings you back to that present moment and, and that grounding of what else is actually true and puts you in a place of the awareness of, oh, this was just my mind um, spinning out again. This was just my mind taking off and believing these old beliefs that I, that I used to hold on to, and I don't need to hold on to them any longer. So I do this five sense awareness where you're going to identify with your eyes five different things. And then once you've identified and labeled five different things that you see, you will then identify with your with touch four different things that you can feel. And I like to um, look for four different textures because that heightens my senses um, of touch and or my heightens my sense of touch. And I'm able to um, really allow myself or my brain to stop what it's doing, stop the negative spiral and start focusing in on what is happening right in this moment around me. Um, after the uh, sense of touch, then you're going to listen for three things that you hear. Sometimes you might need to stop and listen intently, but you're purposely looking for something that you can hear in the distance, something that you hear a little bit closer, but not too close. And then something that you hear really close. Sometimes it could even just be your breathing where you can hear yourself breathe. And after you do your sense of hearing, you're going to move into your sense of smell identifying two things that you smell. You might need to pick something up and intentionally just smell it, but awakening that sense of smell. And then the last one is your sense of taste. You might want to put something in your mouth or lick something, or maybe you just taste the last thing that you had in your mouth. 
um, the toothpaste, if you've just brushed your teeth, anything like that, that can help just sort of bring your brain back to the present moment of reality and what is true. And then grounding yourself into who you want to be in the moment, reminding yourself of, of who you truly are. Okay. So that is one technique that you can use. Another technique, whenever you find um, negative emotions surfacing pretty quickly, um, it's an indication that you're in judgment. So you're in that judgment of sort of like those stars or those dots, right? It could be positive judgment, it could be negative judgment, but typically if you're spiraling out, then you're in negative judgment and you actually want to put a stop to this because if you allow yourself to continue in this judgment or allow yourself to continue with these thoughts, then you're just repeating the cycle over and over again. And the whole idea is to change the behavior, to change the pattern of your brain from shifting over into maybe you see something that's triggering, you see something that you like about somebody, and then you start judging yourself thinking, well, I'm not like that, and then start putting yourself down. And you want to stop those habits. And the best way to do that is you're going to press your thumb and your pointer finger together and rub them with enough pressure that you can actually feel the ridges of your fingerprints against each other. And for me, I like to close my eyes so that my mind can be completely focused in on what's happening here. And I'm reshifting my focus. And then I like to take a few deep breaths. Usually I breathe in through my nose and then out through my mouth to just sort of signify just sort of this letting go of this judgment, letting go of this negative thought. Something else that I like to do also before I take that breath is give gratitude for the thought. Even if it's a negative thought, just allowing yourself to be grateful for it. Just saying, thank you. Thank you for that thought moves you in a space of acceptance instead of resisting or rejecting. Because whenever you're in a space of resisting or rejecting or avoiding anything like that, even when it's something negative, negative emotions, negative thoughts, then you're actually suppressing them within you and you're not healing them or letting them go. So if you move into that space of allowance and giving gratitude for it and then let it go and then move into um, coming back into the present moment, taking a deep breath, opens the airway to your frontal cortex, which is, which is the front of your brain, which is the part that is able to make, um, make decisions, sorry, and uh, see things more accurately versus your primitive brain is more of your subconscious that remembers all the things from the past. So we're changing habits for you to learn how to use your prefrontal cortex more often than allowing your primitive brain to take over all the time. Okay, and then one more technique that I like to use to help me get present called the be still breathing technique. And this is where you're going to breathe in through your nose and think B. And you're gonna hold your breath and put the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth. And you're gonna count backward three, two, one, and then release your breath out of your mouth and think still. So you're reminding yourself to be still and you just do this a few times and it will calm your heart. It will calm your mind and it will bring you back to the present moment. It is in this present moment that you also invite the spirit to be there with you. The savior can work with you with honesty when you're honest with yourself and when you can express what you're thinking and how you're feeling, even to him, honestly, even though maybe there's some of you who's like, well, he already knows what I think and feel. Why do I need to tell him? And the reason why you want to express this to him is because you're creating a relationship of trust that you're showing him that you trust him. You're teaching yourself that you also trust him. And this trust 
as it continues to increase, you start to believe what he says about you and you start to listen to what he says about you. He's always going to be there to offer compassion and come from a place of love. Judgment does not exist when there's love present. So the key is to come back to the present moment. Becoming present will help you to see beyond the mark and truly see and recognize that you are exactly always enough. You've been taught your whole life that the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. So why don't you feel that way? With voices inside your head telling you you need to do more, you should be better, and despite your best efforts, you keep falling short. I'm your host, Alicia Hall. I'm a certified life coach through the Life Coach School and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I can help you finally tune into that love and worthiness that you desire and deserve even when life experiences make it seem impossible. If you like what you heard today, I invite you to join my coaching program, Always Enough, where I will help you take a look at the beliefs that are holding you back in your life, preventing you from feeling that peace, confidence, and joy that you desire. Just go to my website, aliciahallcoaching.com and sign up for a free mini coaching session today.